Good morning, everyone, and happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We hope that you will find this worship service uh, now being live-streamed from the sanctuary, the meeting house of the Presbyterian Church of Lawrenceville, will help you rejoice on this most holy day. You can download the order of service, uh, and I'm sure that Mike Hotchkiss, our chat moderator, has given you that link. Uh, although most of the service will be displayed on the screen, there are some uh, lyrics to some of the hymns that will appear in the order of service that you can download. Uh, but I hope that this service will indeed enable us to glorify God on this holy day. Even though we are not able to say here together, Christ is risen, some of us have made that affirmation and we now share it with you via video. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hey friends, uh, we want to take a moment uh, to invite the children to uh, get comfortable, uh, maybe give mom and dad that elbow to get that comfortable seat, right? Um, if you are watching this service on um, a computer or a tablet, you're going to want to have access to that in just a moment. Um, today is a special day, it's Easter, it's the day that we celebrate Jesus's resurrection and return, and it's also the day that we celebrate um, that Jesus is who he said he was, and so it's a, it's a happy day, uh, and so I wanted to know if maybe you could help me out uh, in retelling that Easter story uh, for those who are watching this service with us. Um, to do that, 
uh, you're going to need to use some emojis. Do you know what emojis are? I'm sure that you do. Uh, in the section, the comment section there next to the video, uh, you'll see a little smiley face thing where you would normally type in your comment. If you click that, you'll have a whole bunch of different emojis to choose from. Um, parents, if your kids are a little younger, maybe you can help them out with this. It might be a fun way uh, to tell the story. And what we'll do is, as we tell the story together, I want you to share an emoji in the comment that maybe uh, depicts the way that the person in the story is feeling. Uh, hopefully that makes sense to you. Uh, and hopefully you're willing uh, to help me out uh, with this. So let's practice uh, this really quick, okay? Uh, so today is Easter. It's a happy day. Uh, so show me what a happy face might look like. And feel free to be creative. I know there are some uh, cat emojis and other things as well. Uh, what might a happy face look like? Okay, I think we're ready. Are you ready? All right. This is the Easter story. It was early Easter morning when some women went to visit the tomb where their friend Jesus had been buried. They were going to pay their respects to Jesus because he didn't have a funeral. These women were very sad on their way to the tomb. What might a sad face look like? When they arrived at Jesus' tomb, they found that the big stone that they was put in front of the tomb to close it was rolled away. Can you imagine the look of surprise on their faces? What might surprise look like? When they looked inside the tomb, they saw that the tomb was empty, and they were even more surprised. What might a face that's even more surprised look like? Suddenly, their surprise turned to fear. What would it look like if they were afraid? Two men in really bright white clothing appeared next to them. The men told them that Jesus wasn't there, that he had risen from the dead. And so maybe these women might have been confused. What might that look like? Then the women remembered that Jesus told them that this is what was going to happen. And so they were happy again. What might that look like? Like really happy this time. The women left to tell Jesus' other disciples the good news. I want to thank you for helping me to retell this Easter story this morning. You all were great. Uh, there were a lot of emotions in that story, right? There was happiness and sadness. There was grief and there was fear. This is a strange Easter morning. We're not all together in worship. Uh, and maybe you're feeling some of those emotions this morning as well. Uh, but this Easter story reminds us that no matter how bad things get, God is always with us. And that's something to be happy about. So let's see those happy faces one more time. Let's pray together. God, we bring you all of our emotions this morning, knowing that only you can turn our sorrow into joy and our mourning into dancing. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, whom you raised from the dead this day. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. Hope you're doing okay. I got to tell you that I miss you. 
I'm here in this meeting house uh, with the empty pews except for a few folks. But I also think of all the people who've been part of this congregation's life, all the saints who've gone before us, and they're with us, and we're together seeking to make meaning of these ancient words and this ancient story. And so will you take a moment and join me in prayer? Let us pray. May the words that we have heard and the words we are about to hear become for us your word, O God. O come, Holy Spirit. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Come as the water and refresh. Holy God, convict us and convert us and consecrate us until we are wholly and completely yours. Amen. Well, I got to say, and I know I probably have said this before, that this is the toughest Sunday of the year um, for a preacher. Maybe uh, Christmas is a close second, but this definitely is the toughest Sunday of the year because, you know, the preacher often thinks, I've got to do something profound, a theological ballet, so that they go away and having been inspired and impressed by the eloquence of the preacher. And I just want to say, today, that doesn't seem terribly appropriate. So today, no biblical and theological jujitsu. Um, but here's the thing. One of the reasons why it's such a difficult Sunday uh, for a preacher is because the, the, the material is so dif- difficult, the story. Uh, and so what I want to suggest, I'm trying to keep things really simple this morning. What I want to suggest is that we uh, turn off this wonderful apparatus between our ears that God has given us, this beautiful prefrontal cortex, the analytical machine. Just turn that down at least. And we're just going to assume If you're a skeptic, just lay that aside. You can take it back up tomorrow. We're just going to assume that it happened. Okay, Jesus rose from the dead. A human being, a very particular and special human being, rose again from the dead and defeated this power, which we call death. We're just going to assume that it happened, right? We're not going to think about it too much. We're not going to theologize about it too much. And I want to try and keep things as simple as possible. Because if that's true, and we're assuming this morning that it is, that a human being rose from the dead, and if we consider all the implications that might bring to our hearts, then I want to suggest that the most appropriate response is laughter. Now, as I say that, you might think, oh, that's a little sacrilegious. You know, this holiest of days, this holiest and most profound of doctrines, the doctrine of the resurrection, and here the preacher is telling us to laugh. But I would suggest that uh, laughter is kissing cousins or maybe even a closer relation, siblings, with that most important theological virtue, joy, right? And I can think of no better non-pharmaceutical method of inducing joy than laughter. So assuming it happened that Jesus rose from the dead, which we're going to do today, the most appropriate response is laughter. The most appropriate emotion is joy, And today, I might try to make you laugh. I don't know if I'll be successful in that attempt, because, I mean, let's face it, it's hard enough uh, preaching in an empty sanctuary here uh, without a live congregation, a live audience. Well, there are a few people here. Um, But let's face it, when you're here, how live are you actually, really? I'm just kidding. I I got some of these folks to laugh. All right, we're off to a good start. 
but you know, in all seriousness, we, we Presbyterians have something of a reputational problem when it comes to this stuff, right? Uh, and all the old jokes that I know I've told before apply here, you know, like uh, Presbyterians, if they smile, their faces would crack and fall off. Presbyterians, people who look like they've been weaned on pickles. Presbyterians, the frozen chosen. Maybe you want to put some more jokes uh, in the comments there if you know them, that it'll help us make fun of ourselves. We're not terribly given to overt expressions of enthusiasm or laughter. Um, But maybe I'll just say we, we have some work to do. We have some muscles to develop here as we try to appropriate, take into our hearts the truth of this thing. And today we are assuming, not thinking too much about it, it it happened. And the most appropriate response is laughter. We might consider the question whether Jesus laughed. Now that's a question uh, around which the plot of my favorite novel turns. I might have mentioned before a time or two as well, my favorite novel is called The Name of the Rose, Umberto Eco, a genius Italian author, Uh, And if you read that book, I would highly recommend that you add it to your coronavirus reading list. Um, Because if you read it, you're going to get an awesome murder mystery, first of all. But you're going to also get a primer in medieval theology and Greek philosophy. The main character, William of Baskerville, is kind of a a cross between James Bond and St. Francis. Uh, It's an awesome book. But it all revolves around the question, did Jesus laugh? And without giving away the plot, I I just want to say, I would put my money on yes. Last Sunday, if you caught the sermon, I talked about the people who got Jesus without really thinking too much about it. They they right away got who he was. Uh, And you know who those people are, were? The little people. The kids. They were the people who got Jesus. Uh, You read the story of Jesus' life, and the kids flock around him, and he doesn't discourage them from hanging out with him. And, uh, I mean, think about it. Children generally don't like uh, hanging out with people who are sourpusses, so we have to imagine that Jesus wasn't afraid to be silly, to laugh. And if Jesus laughed, then we ought to as well. I say this not to diminish the fear and the anxiety that people are feeling right now, Um, And I've been hearing a lot about the struggle that folks have been having uh, at this time. People struggling with mental illness, uh, issues of mental health. A friend I spoke with this week talked about a best friend from the Peace Corps who died of the coronavirus at age 39. She had attended Mardi Gras. So there's a lot of fear going on right now. But I would submit that that makes it all the more important for us to cultivate this emotion, this virtue, which is joy, that emotion most appropriate to Easter people like you and me, Christians who are part of this community, as a way to cope with the fear. Now, as, as we think about Matthew's version, let's get a little scriptural here. It's what you pay me for. As we think about Matthew's version, and by the way, there are four versions of the resurrection story, uh, and they don't all agree, and maybe we should say thank God for that, because thank goodness we don't have just one version. We've got four, because that's how human beings operate when we try to discern what the truth is. After all, I mean, any of us uh, might witness the same thing, and we have, you know, uh, four people telling five or six different stories. 
Right? So, you know, was Jesus anointed on Friday night or was he anointed on Sunday morning? They don't all agree. But Matthew's version uh, has the women approaching the, the scene, the tomb, and they freak out. Uh, they're afraid. Um, there's lots of fear in Matthew's version because they see someone that they perceive as an angel. There's an earthquake. That's when the stone gets rolled away. The soldiers are afraid. They run away. Uh, and the angel says to them, don't be afraid. And later Jesus appears to them and says, don't be afraid. They experience an earthquake. And in the ancient world, that would have been one of the most fearful events one could experience and portentous events. And I think that we might think of that as a symbol for what we're experiencing right now. We're experiencing something of an earthquake. Um, the women didn't exactly know what was going on in that scene. But Jesus said to them, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. A wise person once said, and these words have stuck with me, you can't laugh and be afraid at the same time. And the devil hates mockery. So laughter is good medicine. Take it. It's important that we uh, use such medicine at a time like this. If you want a, a story that might illustrate that, um, an old one I remember hearing when I was growing up in the 1970s, a guy named Norman Cousins was uh, diagnosed with a terminal illness, a terminal autoimmune disease. And this is before the age of videos. He rented a movie projector and uh, films of Laurel and Hardy and other comedy films and holed up in a hotel and took massive doses of vitamin C and laughed. Uh, and he lived for a good 20, 30 years after the six months they had originally given him. Laughter is an antidote to death, an antidote to fear. So, you know, I was fantasizing about doing a whole comedy routine, a whole stand-up routine, but I figured I wouldn't punish you with that, or more bulletin bloopers as I did in uh, the, the little encouraging word video that I did earlier in the, in the week, but... But I want to offer you some humor here this morning, um, and, and this is medicine. You know, doctors prescribe pharmaceuticals, preachers, we prescribe scripture and prayer and art. And this art, I think, can illustrate no better than anything else I can think of um, the point that I'm trying to make, the power of laughter uh, to help us deal with fear uh, to help us understand the message of resurrection. So this is a clip from one of my favorite movies, and I would, I would recommend it as medicine for you. Watch it sometime. It's called Life is Beautiful. It's a movie that won the Academy Award, I think it was in 1996, for a Best Foreign Film. Roberto Benigni uh, was the director, and he plays the main character in this, uh, in this uh, movie. It's about a minute-and-a-half clip, uh, but the scene is in a concentration camp. Uh, and he's, with his, he's a father to his son, and he's afraid that his son is going to become afraid. And so he puts on the ruse that they're in a game for the sake of his son. And every time I watch this movie, I can't help from laughing and crying sometimes at the same time. So I offer to you this bit of art to illustrate the power of laughter to overcome death and fear. Will? So again, I commend that movie to you as a medicine um, to help, per perhaps help you through this challenging time. 
I want to make one final point um, as to why I think laughter is such an appropriate response um, to what I said we assume today that it happened. That Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It seems to me that laughter is that attempt to instill joy, induce joy into other people. I mean, I think one of the things that's been so inspiring to me in this time is seeing people do that, trying to use the time. Some people have extra time, not all of us, but to use their time and their energy and their talents uh, to induce joy in other people, to, to encourage people and to give hope to other people. Um, I, I, I read the New York Times and they uh, last week and in the New York Times online, they published sounds from New York City of the people who clapped uh, during the, during the uh, change in shift uh, for the medical personnel, those folks on the front line. And people bang pots, people clap their hands, people make every kind of noise imaginable to encourage people. I've become a real fan of uh, this little show that John Krasinski has done in his living room, apparently, like 15 minutes every week. It's called SGN, Some Good News. Uh, and at the end of the episode last week, uh, there was this little girl who couldn't get to Hamilton. Her, you know, had Hamilton tickets, couldn't make it because of the coronavirus. She said, I'm going to send you tickets, and I'm going I'm to bring you to New York City to see that, uh, to see Hamilton. Uh, and then he somehow is talking with Lin-Manuel Miranda, the person who created the play, and he said, well, I'll do one better. And he brought the entire cast of Hamilton together to sing the opening number to this little girl. Uh, and you know what? It seems to me that that's just a representative of so many other stories of people who have used their energies to instill joy and hope in other people. Maybe you have some stories like that you want to share through the comments. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis once said that becoming a Christian is like catching a cold. It's like getting a virus. I'm sorry, it's probably a really bad joke to use, but we catch Christian faith. It's something like laughter that we sort of catch, that comes into us quite apart from our own will. And so Jesus, the patient zero in that great epidemic of joy and kindness and love, has given that to us. So my brothers and sisters, laugh as if your life depended upon it. Laugh because you can't be afraid and laugh at the same time. And the devil hates mockery. Laugh because you want others to catch it. Laugh because it happened. It really did happen. Amen. I want to um, introduce the anthem for this morning. It is a very special thing, I think. Um, many of us know the Ferguson family. Without them, uh, our, our choir, I think, would be in serious trouble. Uh, and some of them have uh, been dispersed far and wide, but they came together to offer this anthem. And I hope that uh, if you want to sing along, the words will be there too, to this very familiar hymn uh, written by Charles Wesley. Uh, and let us use this music as a means to glorify and thank God. Jesus Christ is risen today. So this is the time in our worship service when we offer a sacrifice of our thanksgiving and our praise. 
Uh, and so I would encourage you to please give generously. Um, Easter is a time when uh, folks support our ministry financially to a great degree. And uh, because people are not here, that offering will not be taken in the usual fashion. But that does not mean you won't have the means to make an offering. Uh, on your uh, screen, you should see, I hope, uh, displayed ways that you can give online. Uh, the easiest way to do that is just go to our website and uh, click the donate button and then follow the prompts from there. I would humbly request that you make two offerings today. Uh, this is the day when we take up our one great hour of sharing offering. It is an, a very important offering for our denominational mission. And in a moment, you'll see a brief video about what that offering is for uh, when you go to the giving form, there's a way that you can make both an offering to this congregation, to this church, as well as one great hour of sharing. And I think probably Mike, our host for the chat, might also provide you with the link to do that. Please do that now or at some point today because it is so important to the ministry of this particular church, the Presbyterian Church of Lawrenceville, and to our denomination. So in just a moment, you'll see a moment for mission, a brief video about the work of One Great Hour of Sharing, and then an offertory anthem, uh, which is called Arise by the Russian composer Pyotr Turchaninov. Uh, and so please do take time now to make your offering of thanksgiving to One Great Hour of Sharing and to the ministry of this church. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your grace, accept the fruits of our labor and the offerings of our lives. For it's in our giving of ourself that we spread joy and laughter. And this is resurrection. We pray in union with one another and with our risen Lord, who lives and reigns with you now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Also with you. Please share a sign of peace with your virtual neighbors online. Uh, you can type peace be with you and, and continue doing that while I offer a few very brief announcements. Um, I would uh, suggest and commend to you the Stay Connected page that on our website. You can get there through the blue banner on our homepage, uh, and there you'll find a lot of information about the programming that we're doing in this uh, particular time when we can't gather. Uh, you can participate in a Zoom Women of the Word Bible study, a Friday afternoon congregational gathering by Zoom, and many other activities um, that, will, that can be found there and on our website. So please do stay connected with that. There, you'll also find uh, a forum that has been created by our deacons that connect people who have needs with people willing to serve and help with folks who have those needs. One particular that I want to lift up is the blood drive that we are sponsoring and hosting at the end of the month on the 28th of April. 
there's a crisis in our blood supply. We, we have a, an acute shortage of blood. And so we are taking a risk in hosting that. And uh, we hope that you will also be willing to give blood. We're making it as safe as possible. And I think uh, Mike is displaying uh, on the chat where you can go to sign up, uh, redcrossblood.org. And the sponsor name is Lawrenceville.com. Uh, so please sign up, and uh, we hope that you will consider that life-saving act of giving blood. Again, I hope that you will keep up with your pledge. Um, most of you have been doing that, which is fantastic, but it's especially important at this time that we continue our giving so that we can maintain the ministry of this congregation. Um, Robin Campbell, we're celebrating her the last Sunday of this month uh, as she finishes, finishes up two decades of service with this uh, with this congregation. And so we, I would encourage you to offer a memory. Uh, you can send a memory, a brief you know, paragraph uh, about Robin to Amy Moore or to the office, and we'll put that in a memory book for her. Please do join us for a Zoom coffee hour after, after worship, and uh, the information will be displayed at some point at the end of worship uh, about where you can go to do that. And I'm sure Jill Cefeli will also invite you uh, via a link there to be a person who helps with the ministry of prayer around the virtual piano uh, as we offer up the prayers that have been uh, listed in uh, the chat today. Um, let us now join in our final hymn. Uh, we're going to be singing Thine is the Glory, verses 1 and 3. And you're very much welcome to join us in singing at home. Thine is the Glory. Brothers and sisters, this is Resurrection Day. And let us not just talk about it. Let us live it. Let us laugh with it. And let us share that joy that we have caught, that we have received through the risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Go out into the world and share the good news. Use words if you have to. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and community of the Holy Spirit 
be ours both now and forevermore. Amen. Friends, please stick around. I think you will want to stick around for this next offering of praise that will probably be rather familiar to you.